G'day and welcome to the podcast of Outpost Church in McLaren Vale. We hope you find this encouraging. So we're going to be hitting on a really exciting topic tonight. Money. Amen. Good stuff. Talking about stewarding what we have, giving back to God, what that looks like. So um, I'm just going to pray for Christy as she comes up and brings this word. Thank you, Lord, for the message that you put on Christy's heart. And yeah, we just want to be open to what it is that you have to say. We thank you for your heart for money, your generous heart, your good heart. And yeah, we bind any spirit of offense or misunderstanding and Yeah, we just accept with total clarity and purity and peace the message that you have put on Christy's heart for us tonight. Just bless her, give her, um, yeah, give her your peace as well. Amen. Thank you. Welcome, everyone. Again, there's lots of new people or people that have maybe only been here once, so it's really a joy to have you here with us. And yes, it is perhaps a funny or potentially challenging topic to talk to you know, maybe people you don't know as well, but I'm excited to talk about money. I love talking about this issue and and this reality in our lives, and I think it's so important, and we need to talk regularly about it as believers, and yeah, I'm really excited to do that, and um, I know Beth just prayed, but I want to pray again. Heavenly Father, I thank you uh, for your presence with us. We thank you for your goodness and your love towards us, and and your generosity, and Father, I pray that you'd help me to speak the word with clarity, and focus, and that it would be really um, helpful, and encouraging, Uh, and and where there's challenge, Lord, I pray we'd meet that challenge, knowing that you empower us to do whatever you've called us to do, and we thank you for that, amen. I think it's so important that, you know, as we live out our lives, and as we approach, you know, each day, that we have to be continually refreshed and reminded in, you know, the kingdom reality that we're a part of now. And um, that's part of why we gather, you know, on a Sunday regularly and throughout the week to, you know, encourage each other in who we are and to remind and refresh each other about who God is and who we are. Because as people, we are prone to forget and we can um, also, you know, we're in a world that's very opposed to God and very counter to his ways. And we're in that world, you know, most of the time we're operating in that system and we can become tangled up in that system or have, you know, our thoughts and our ideas muddied or, you know, um, yeah, mixed in with worldly ways of thinking. And, you know, it says in Romans 12 that we are to have our minds renewed by God. And it talks about the washing of the water and the word. Like we need regular refreshing and reminding about who God is, what his ways are, who we are. And we need to continue to come back to these things and, and, and remind ourselves. And so I want to remind us as we begin to look at this that we are coming from a paradigm or a way of thinking that says, you know, Jesus is our Lord. And we are here to serve him. And our lives, it says also in Romans 12, our lives are to be lived like living sacrifices. And, you know, that's pretty powerful language. That's pretty full on. If we stop and reflect on what does it mean to be a living sacrifice, like our lives are an offering to God. And, you know, even through, yeah, throughout Scripture, the, the language and the way we understand our new life in Christ is that we've died 
and been raised to life in him. And so there's been an old way of living that's gone and there's a new way of living. And that's the new, the new way of living is the way we're constantly learning to uh, apply that truth and that reality and to cooperate with God, with what he's done in us to live in alignment with, with that new reality and that new way. And we need to learn and grow into that. And that's what we're here for, to, to do that. And, you know, our vision here at Outpost is to see the family of God expand through our shared kingdom life here in McLaren Vale. And, you know, we want to learn the ways of the kingdom. And we've talked a bit about this, like we're apprentices of Jesus. We're learning to live like him in the world. And, you know, it's his kingdom, our identity as his children and living in his kingdom. That's our primary identity. You know, everything else is far, far, far second to that. Whatever our job is, whatever our family situation, whatever our passions are, all of that falls well below the identity of being his children and ambassadors to his kingdom. And we know we can live out that ambassadorship through lots of different vocations that we're all called to different things. Some of us are called to have more of a, you know, in-church ministry placement like Shane and I but many of most of you will be called to have a vocational um, ambassadorship in in schools or in hospitals or whatever your field of expertise or um, gifting is but you're still primarily a minister of the gospel and that's always the prime identity and so it's from that understanding that we approach money and finances and we need to ask ourselves what does it look like to be an ambassador of God and how do we handle money which really belongs to the world system but we have to operate within that system but we're not owned by that system we're not slaves to that system and so the way we handle our money is to be distinctly different to the rest of the world we are to stand out from the world in how we deal with our money and it shouldn't be difficult to spot that difference And, you know, it's, it's actually, you know, this is a really vital area. And we'll look at, um, uh, actually, you can, if you've got a Bible, we didn't actually get the Bibles out today. Did we? There's a couple. Maybe grab a couple more. Is there some out? If anyone wants, oh, they're scattered around. If you want a Bible, there's some around on the floor. Grab one and turn to Matthew 6. Uh, actually, could someone grab me one as well? Thanks. <laughs> um, thanks, Jake. Chance to look while I look up. All right. But yeah, this, it's very easy. Well, the, the potential to become deceived, self deceived around money is a very real one. And we just want to be alert to the schemes of the enemy. Uh, money is a big deal in our world. And, and it is, yeah, imperative that we be addressing and learning and understanding about it regularly in the church and so that's what we're what we're doing so we'll look at Matthew chapter 6 this is the Sermon on the Mount uh, verse 19 verse 19 to the end of the chapter don't store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves don't break in and steal. For where your treasure is, 
there your heart will be also. It's a good, good verse to pause on. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. What is your treasure? Where is your treasure? Because that's where your heart is. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. So if the light within you is darkness, how deep is that darkness? No one can serve two masters, since either he will hate one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Therefore, I tell you, don't worry about your life. What you will eat or what you will drink or about your body, what you will wear, isn't life more than food and the body more than clothing? Consider the birds of the sky. They don't sow or reap or gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Aren't you worth more than they? Can any of you add one moment to his lifespan by worrying? And why do you worry about clothes? Observe how the wild flowers of the field grow. They don't labor or spin thread, yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was adorned like one of these. If that's how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and thrown into the furnace tomorrow, won't he do much more for you, you of little faith? So don't worry, saying, what will we eat or what will we drink or what will we wear? For the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be provided for you. Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow, because tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Amen. It's a, it's a big passage, a lot in there, and it's one, I think, for those of us that have been in church for a while, it's quite a familiar passage. I think it's interesting, most of this is about money and about, um, you know, not worrying and trusting God. I do find, and I throw this out there as a question for anyone, maybe you have an answer to this, because I find it really intriguing the way verse 22 and 23 are in there about the eye being the lamp of the body, because it's right sort of in the middle of stuff about money and worry, and, you know, often we read that verse kind of by itself, separate to that. I'm like, what does that mean in regards to money? Is that directly related to everything else there? Anyway, that's just a little side thought. That I'm not going to touch on that verse anymore because I don't know why it's in there. But <laughs> if anyone has any insight, I'm all ears afterwards. Um, but yeah, intriguing. It's obviously related somehow. I'm not sure how. But uh, that's verse 22 and 23. All right, so we cannot serve God and money. You know, what Jesus is saying here, again, it's become very familiar to many of us, and we can kind of lose touch with how radical what he's saying, and we're also very familiar with the way the world operates and the temptation to kind of compromise the challenge or the radicalness of what's being said here is really real. And, you know, it's like, you know that passage where the, the rich man comes to Jesus and is like, you know, what do I need to do? And, and you know, Jesus said to this man, you know, go and sell all that you have and give it to the poor and then come follow me. And, you know, he couldn't do it. And, you know, 
we think, oh, that's not, and we like to say, you know, the temptation to water this down and not just be hit by what he's saying, to go, oh, that's not, that's not what he's telling everyone to do, just people that love money too much. Not me. That's not applicable to me. He's not asking me to sell my house and give to the poor. And, you know, maybe he's not. I'm not saying that he is, but have we paused to, question, to ask that question? And if we felt he was saying that, are we willing to do it? But we can be too quick to go, no, 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 no. That's, you know, he was making a point, a point that doesn't apply to me right now. And, <laughs> and we need to, yeah, just be willing to sit with the discomfort of some of these things and, and be willing to challenge our own paradigm and go, am I too dependent on money? Is it a God? Is it a master for me? Am I trusting in money or my job or whatever, my security, my financial plan, more than I'm trusting in God? You know, and an indication of whether we are or not is, are we worrying? Because if we're trusting God, then there isn't worry about those things. And if we are a slave to money, chances are we're very worried about those things. And so that's kind of an easy little test to go, is this a idol in my life right now? How worried am I about these things? I mean, Jesus was pretty controversial. I think it's always amusing. I, I'm aware, I notice on Facebook how often in different debates and discussions, people love to throw out, well, Jesus wouldn't do that. And Jesus would do this. And I sometimes think in the context people are saying these things, I'm like, do you have any idea about what Jesus actually said and what he actually did? Because he did highly strange and controversial things. He did things like say, eat my flesh and drink my blood before the cross. And people had no idea what he was talking about. You know, like, he didn't try to make it easier for people to understand. He didn't go, that's just a metaphor for the cross and justification. You know, he didn't explain it. He just said it, and it was like, it was a lot to take in. His ways are contrary to the ways of the world. And we want to learn his ways. If someone was right now to do, or say, 100 years from now, you're dead and buried and you know, there's little left of your life except your bank account statements and your calendar, which, you know, maybe you don't keep a calendar, but say someone kept a perfect calendar on your behalf detailing everything you did. How hard or easy would it be for them to detect devotion to Christ through just those two things alone? Just the bank account, just the calendar. And I think, you know, time and money are really intertwined, I think, because, you know, our Time is our money. Like we, we give our time to make money. And how we spend those things, spend our time and spend our money, demonstrates where our heart is, where our treasure is. Where we put our money, where we put our time is where our treasure is. And if you just blankly looked at it, you know, all good intentions and desires, and this is what I want to do, this is what I hope to do, I hope to be at this point in five years' time, all that aside, right now, does your time and your money demonstrate a devotion to Jesus? Because it should be very apparent very quickly that he, if he is the Lord of our lives, it shouldn't be difficult to spot him in those areas. And whether we're rich or whether we're poor, it's all 
a level playing field. As you remember, you know, Jesus um, praised the, the widow that had the two coins and gave all she had. He didn't rush over and say, no, 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 you don't need to give. It was an honorable thing for her to give what she gave. She was demonstrating a devotion to God. She was demonstrating that she trusted him more than money. And that's at the heart of it. It's not about the amount. And we can't, you know, we have to resist the temptation to compare and compete with one another. You know, before God, are we um, living our lives and dealing with our money in a way that's with him in mind? Giving our first and our best. You know, there's a principle in the Old Testament. I'm not really, I'm not really touching on tithing it tonight. That's not really my goal. I just want to talk about this idea generally. But the idea of giving 10% and, and in the offerings and tithes in the Old Testament, the idea was really about giving your first and your best to God. And you're, you're showing, you know, this honor and thankfulness that he's the one that's given me everything. And, you know, it's my joy and honor to give back the first and best of what I've received back to him. And, um, yeah, and I, I guess that's the challenge. Is like, is our first and our best going to God of our time? Of our money, where does that go? And, and, and who gets the best of us? And why do they get the best of us? You know, and sometimes it's in our Christian walk, whether it's to do with our, our community life together and church life or our individual devotional life to God, which is all interlinked. But, you know, what is it that motivates us? in life, you know, because it's, I think it's a scary thing if the people in our lives that get the best from us are the ones that are paying us for our best. You know, I know it's a hard, it's a hard, it's a hard thing to say, but it's, you know, we need to examine our hearts. What do, where do I give my best? Is my best reserved for the ones that pay me? Is that where my best goes? Or is my best? And I mean, I'm not saying exactly what the best looks like in each and every situation, but we know in our hearts before God, is my best coming only when I have a paycheck in return? Or is my best coming in an overflow of thankfulness and gratitude to the King of all kings, the Lord of our hearts, and out of joyous thanksgiving and desire to commune with him as he's paid an enormous cost for us to have that privilege is our first and best coming to him. Or are we giving that in exchange for money? And there's so many good things in our lives, you know, spending our life, like giving our time and our devotion to our vocations is a good thing. And like I said, we're all called to different vocations and different family responsibilities. And those are good and godly things that we need to be responsible and steward well. But they are also at risk of becoming idols in our lives as well. Our family can become an idol. Our work can become an idol. And it can be easy to mask that because they are good God-given things as well. So we need to be alert to where the enemy would try to trip us up and get us off course. And to um, allure our devotion to Christ to these other things. I guess, you know, the challenge is remembering who we are, remembering 
our true identity, as I said at the start. We are children of God, and we are recipients of such ridiculous generosity from God who, you know, it says in Romans 8, he did not spare his own son, but surrendered him for us all. And with this gift, the gift of Jesus, he will not fail to lavish on us all he has to give. He doesn't hold back with us. He has lavishly poured out for us. And it's a worshipful, joyful response to lavish back to him. The set, you know, lavish back to him. Our money, our time, our worship. In, you know, in not in stingy incremental amounts, but, you know, in our worship, through our time, through our money, through our praises, we are... Um, we are living as those living sacrifices. We're demonstrating where our true devotion lies. And it can't be faked. You know, it has to be holistic across every area of our lives. And, and that's what he wants from us. He's not, he's not happy with us, you know, just a faith value thing or just a, you know, one day a week. He wants everything. And that's what he calls us to. And it's only because in that place is where we find the fullness of joy. And fullness of life. He doesn't want us ripped off by a bad master because money is not a good master. And living enslaved to that in worry and fear and stress, that's not a good life. And he wants something better. And when you're freed up, when you trust God to look after you and you're freed up to be generous with people, generous in partnership in church and generous in giving to missions and ministries that are serving his kingdom purposes, there's such a joy and a freedom in that to be I'm not a slave to this. I can give with such a um, joyful expectation that, you know, I don't have to worry about myself anymore. My responsibility is no longer me. God looks after me. And my responsibility is to look after my brothers and sisters. Is there a need around me that I can see? I need to give to that need. I don't worry about myself and my needs. He's got my back. And I trust that he's got my back. And that trust is demonstrated in a life of freedom from money as your master, of fear around what you have and what you don't have. And it is an act of worship. It's an act of devotion. And it is 100% a part of our calling as his children. And, you know, it, it is abundant life. And I don't want, like I said, I'm excited to talk about it because I think, you know, the enemy wants to rip us off. And he wants to keep us you know, in lack and in not enough. You know, in the world, the way the system work, works, you know, the wisdom of God is foolishness to men. No financial advisor is going to tell you to sell your house and give to the poor. Are they, right? But that's what Jesus says to do. And it's very countercultural. And, you know, we need to be sensitive to what he's saying. And, and he's, he's the top voice we listen to. He's got our backs, and we can trust him. And he's bought for us a life of freedom, freedom from fear and worry, and, and it's demonstrated in our life of generous, worshipful response in every area of our lives. Oh, I'm going to leave it there for now. Um, we've got dinner coming up. Um, feel free to come and partake of a shared meal. If you didn't bring anything, don't stress. You're very welcome to join us. There's always enough to go around. Even if it's smaller serves, we always all eat something. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, we'd love for you to join us. Uh, we've got a couple of songs first, uh, and then we'll...
move on to there. So, yes, thanks, band. And I'll just say a prayer again as uh, they come up. Father, we thank you that you are so good and so generous. And um, you have such gifts for us. You desire us to be so free to enjoy all the things you have for us. Thank you that you are a good master. And life under your lordship is true freedom and true joy. Lord, help us each to experience the fullness of that joy. And I pray that we would each find freedom from money, freedom from being enslaved to money, freedom from the world's ways. But we would, um, yeah, live as you've called us to live. And we'd give you our first and our best with joyful delight, knowing that you have given everything to us. Amen.